Welcome to Farm Chica's next podcast focusing on the infamous gooseberries. Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Rene Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional, simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. Hello, hello from Farm Chica. Sorry, y'all. It's been a while uh, between work, my daughter graduating from high school and coming to New Mexico for the summer. It's been quite a whirlwind, but I finally had time to get back to my ancestral roots, spending some time here on the farm in Corrales, New Mexico, and enjoying some of the great splendors. Today, I'm going to talk about one that I just picked this morning because it's pretty awesome. And I just learned about it pretty recently in the last five years. We're going to talk about gooseberries. So did you know the cultivation of gooseberries was first recorded across the pond in the great area of the United Kingdom as far back as the 13th century? So gooseberries are part of every produce aisle in Europe and primarily the United Kingdom. But in the United States of America, they're still considered a re-emerging fruit crop. Now, don't get too excited if you don't have any gooseberries or if you're near Corrales, New Mexico, hit me up. We have plenty to share. But gooseberry pie, absolutely delicious. So what are gooseberries? They're an edible fruit produced from gooseberry bushes. They're derived from either two species, the American gooseberry or the European gooseberry. They are round and grape-like berries, and they're in the same family as currants. They come in a variety of colors from green, red, purple, yellow, and even black. The darker the color, similar to other berries, the sweeter the berry. They're similar in size to grapes and have a translucent skin with a juicy interior filled with many small seeds at the center. So I had never heard of gooseberries. Well, there's actually a reason for that. In the early 1900s, it was discovered that some gooseberries and currants carried a fungal disease that killed white pine trees. Thus, a federal ban was enacted and it later shifted into individual state jurisdictions in which states could decide whether or not they wanted to ban the plant. Most states, however, have allowed the reproduction and production of gooseberries, but there may be some states in the United States still that still uphold restrictions to growing these crops. Hence why many of us don't know what a gooseberry is. We have to thank the UK for gooseberries. By 1831, the Horticultural Society of London's garden housed a collection of 360 different gooseberry cultivars. And through the 19th century, there was such a popularity and prominence of the gooseberry that they were so popular that gooseberry clubs were formed across the United Kingdom with members competing against one another to grow the heaviest fruit. And they were the most prominent in Northern England, where a few of these old clubs still exist today. 
There was even a national publication for enthusiasts called the Gooseberry Growers Register, in which in 1845 listed 171 separate gooseberry shows. So come to think about it, in the United States, we are less than knowledgeable about gooseberries. However, the United Kingdom has a lot of history, not just spoken and oral, but documented as well on how to grow these wonderful bushes. So just fun fact in researching this podcast, the heaviest gooseberry ever set a record was in 2013 at 64.49 grams, which is about the size of a large hen's egg. It was the first ever gooseberry to weigh more than 40 pennyweights. And for centuries, thanks to the United Kingdom, pennyweights and grains were the traditional measure for the size of gooseberries. There's a long history of gooseberries in the UK, which has led to a great number of local names, depending on where you're at in the region, such as Phoebes, Goggle, Golf, Goosug, Grizzle, Honey Blob. Gooseberry, in fact, was many one of the many historic names given to the devil, and it's actually thought that this may be why the unwanted third party accompanying a romantic couple is sometimes referred to as gooseberry. In the United States, this might be a third will, but it's uh, called a gooseberry in the UK. So interesting facts. Some places across Europe, including in France, gooseberries are often made into a jam or into some type of compote served traditionally with fatty meat or oily fish. In France, there is a popular dish with mackerel, which is served with gooseberry jam. And even in the UK and across Europe, the decline in the gooseberry industry actually declined due to the American gooseberry, as I mentioned earlier in the 20th century, having that mildew fungus and in which the European gooseberry had no defense. So it turns out that in order to fight that mildew, you had to cross the European gooseberry with the smaller fruited American wild gooseberries and you had a pretty resistant cultivar. So these gooseberries um, are very distinct um, and known as gooseberries. However, there is really confusing things um, such as the Chinese gooseberry or kiwi fruit, the Indian gooseberry or the Malacca tree, or the Cape gooseberry or Peruvian ground cherry, and Barbados gooseberry, which are completely different types of plants, are not the same family of the European and American gooseberry. So this humble gooseberry is not the first of the British fruits to spring to mind, but it's the first in the season and it should be celebrated just as much as strawberries or currants. Gooseberry is one of 150 species within the same genus from that share between black, red, white currants and gooseberries. These can actually be found growing wild in patches of scrub all over Great Britain. So keep an eye out if you're ever visiting. There may be a hidden gooseberry plant. So most of the plants that you can get at your nursery stores today are hybrids. They make excellent dessert fruit. They also are great in terms of their ripeness, not as sour and tart. And they're either a ruby or white color. So gooseberries, although gooseberry jam can be served with goose, the origin of the name actually comes from the old Norman Middle English Grossier or grossier, which is the old word for a French word, grossier, which I'm not French, so I apologize on my pronunciation, which essentially equates to red currant. Again, they're in the same family. 
So hopefully I've convinced you about the appeal of gooseberries and intrigued you a bit to want to try them and do something fun for them with them. So let's talk about growing and harvesting. Gooseberries are self-fertile. You only need one plant. They're short, tough, thorny shrubs are long-lived and you will have gooseberries for years to come. These often ripen in late June and mid-July. They need full sun, partial shade, loamy, sandy, and well-drained soil. Most nurseries sell gooseberries as bare root plants for early spring planting. My suggestion is that you plant them about one inch deeper than they were planted at the nursery and gently tamp down on that soil around the plant and cut the canes back to six to ten inches above the soil land. And space the plants at least three feet apart, water them deeply during the first growing season until they're established, and more frequently in hotter weather in the absence of rain. Gooseberries are really easy. They're low maintenance, and because of their thorns, harvesting can be a bit challenging. So I always suggest wearing productive gear, some gloves, long sleeves, and pants. Also similar to other kind of berry patches, trellising or staking helps keep the canes from flopping over, which happens when they're loaded with berries, and it just helps with easier harvesting. Gooseberries do need a cool climate with at least 40 days of winter chill between 35 and 45 degrees Fahrenheit. They really don't like extreme summer heat, although here in New Mexico right now, we've had triple digit temperatures. And so just giving them extra water and deeply watering them and they are usually really hardy. Also, they are susceptible to late spring frost. It can damage the flowers and decimate the harvest for that year. And in really humid weather, gooseberries are especially prone to disease. Um, so just making sure good air circulation is there. And if you live in a really humid spot, this may not be the best place unless you have a ability to grow indoors. So pruning gooseberries is bare fruit on one, two, and three-year-old canes. So the goal of your pruning is to have three to four strong canes of each age on the plant and let an equal number of new canes grow every summer. So in the winter, while the plant is dormant, cut all the older canes, which you will easily recognize by their darker color. Also remove any broken, mishappen, or diseased canes. Annual pruning keeps the plant productive and also ensures good air circulation. And if you screw up and accidentally cut too many canes or the wrong ones, don't worry. Gooseberries are great growers and with proper care and water, they'll bounce back in the next year. Because gooseberries need to take a few years to establish, you can expect your first harvest in the third season. They're ready to harvest usually in late June to mid-July when the fruit is full size and soft. One way to easily test that the berries are ripe is to gently squeeze them between your fingers and if they're soft or easily today when I was picking them, if I looked at a darker berry depending on the cultivar, if I slightly pulled it and it came off the bush pretty easily, then it was ready. If it was a harder tug, then I left it on for a little bit longer. Depending on your cultivar, your gooseberries are going to usually be a deep red or green. And for every gooseberry plant, you can average four to five quarts, which is quite a bit of berries. And immediately wash them and put them in a covered container or bag and they'll keep for several weeks. Or you can freeze or store them for longer store, longer term storage. Sometimes gooseberries might be a little tart for some folks, hence it's important to mix them with sugar in some of the recipes. Gooseberries are high in pectin, which means you add just a little bit of sugar and they'll gel up really nicely to make a nice jam or compote. A very traditional British dish is gooseberry compote, 
fold it into a lightly whipped sweetened cream, and it's called a gooseberry fool. Or even better, you can make a custard with whipped cream and add in some gooseberry compote. So what to do now that you've harvested all these gooseberries? What can you make? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of ideas, but you know, the internet's your friend. Take a look. So how do you make gooseberry compote? This is probably the easiest recipe from gooseberries. Again, if you want to try some, hit me up. I have a lot to share. So for every 350 grams, grams of gooseberries, you'll need about two tablespoons of sugar. So the first step is to wash your berries, take off any stems, and with your fingers, nip off the tops and tails of the gooseberries. You'll know what I mean when you see one. You want to place in a saucepan over low heat with sugar and a splash of water. Put it on low heat. Leave it to simmer with a lid off. The berries will start to break down and release liquid. You want to continue simmering until the gooseberries have broken down completely. You can use the back of the spoon to squish and burst any whole berries against the side of the pan. If you need more liquid um, or not, just continue to simmer until it's thickened or you can add a little bit more water just to kind of get the consistency that you want. Then you remove it, allow it to cool, and then you can add it to yogurt, whipped cream, sweet omelet, crepe, ice cream, whatever your heart's content. Now onto the recipe that I'm going to start because I love to make jam just because it's always great. It stores really well and I swear canned foods last for a very, very long time if done correctly. So gooseberries, high in pectin, easy to gel up. So for every three cups of gooseberries, you'll need two cups of sugar along with just some lemon juice for flavoring. Again, you don't necessarily need the lemon juice for safe canning. It's more just for flavor. In doing research for this podcast, I also found a gooseberry jam variation with fresh elderflower, which there's tons of elderflower out there. So I might get creative and make some elderflower jelly mixed with gooseberry jelly. Also, I found you can add some rhubarb to it, but um, you just want to place the fruit into your pot. You want to add a fourth a cup of water to those three cups of berries and kind of just let them break down similar to a compote is just like using the back of the spoon to push the berries against the pan to really release some of those juices. As soon as you feel like it's boiling over medium high heat um, and it's starting to come apart, you'll add the sugar and you'll add the lemon juice with the water early on. And you'll just kind of let it do its thing. Usually takes, uh, depending on where you're at, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes because it's high in pectin. And as soon as you think it's hit consistency, you could do the spoon test, which you just take a spoon, pick up some of that hot jam and hold it to its side. And if it just comes off immediately, it's not quite ready. But if it slowly starts to peel off and it's holding onto that spoon, it's definitely the right consistency. And you'll just want to Pack that into jars and do the water bath canning, or you can place those in your refrigerator and have refrigerator jam. Totally doable. After I make jam, if I go outside and get some more gooseberries, which I likely will have plenty, because today when I was picking them, there was plenty that could use a few more days on the bush. Uh, But for every three cups of gooseberries, similar to jam, two cups white sugar, and you'll just add three tablespoons quick cooking tapioca, 
and you want to add maybe a little bit of salt and a little bit of cinnamon and you mix that up and that's a great pie filling or a great crisp filling. And so you can place that filling into any double pie crust you have. You can place that in a casserole and make a crisp topping with some oatmeal, flour, brown sugar, and some butter and bake it um, just like you would bake any other pie at usually 400 degrees, anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes, depending on your oven. So that's just a great gooseberry pie. I'm kind of excited to try that one because I've never actually eaten gooseberry pie. So I might be making that in the future. So I hope you learned a thing or two about gooseberries and add a bush to your farm homestead or backyard or hit me up and get some berries and try them out for yourself.